0: Ba-na-na-na-na-na-na. Ba-na-na-na-na-na-na. it's an oldie with a giddy video with a... yeah, oh, it yeah good thing i didn't come in there yeah good,
1: good, <laughs> good. It's <depends laughs> a remix
0: yeah that, that was a remix with it i am your co-host holly stark with that remix
1: oh holly stark today huh oh, holly lockett sometimes it just comes out i mean <laughs> i know it's hard. i mean you had it your whole life so yeah. <laughs> and i'm your co-host mary Swordson. still sorenson don't you guys
0: forget yeah we'll get there one day anyways we are back with another amazing guest today we have Udo Erasmus on the podcast which I'm very excited for you guys to hear I feel like we barely did any interviewing at all we have like two questions and he just spoke and it was great like yeah I mean you guys will hear we'll talk about more afterwards but like Yeah, Yeah. it was, was, me and Mary just got knowledge, basically.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it was one of those, and I feel like you guys listening will understand once it, you know, once we start it. (laughs) it. (laughs) Yeah, that it's just the way that he speaks and kind of unfolds his whole story. There's like not really much of a need to kind of, Dig deeper because he gives so much. So yeah, definitely, definitely. So
0: before we happen quickly, how was your first week of the year this year? I mean, this week.
2: <laughs> how
1: was the whole 2023? Um, so my first week of twenty twenty three was trash. Um, but in like, it was just work stress. This is like oh. the most. It's the busiest oh, yeah. time of the year. Yeah, you've been there. You've been at the company. And our system went down like upwards of like 30 plus times. So it was just a lot. The yeah. world was really against me this week. And then my pup, as I, I've told Holly this, mm-hmm. he we found this mass, like a growth on mm-hmm. his paw. It's like a cyst. And um, I had taken him in just to get it checked. And I thought it would be like, oh, take antibiotics and you know clean it. Because I was like looking it up online, but then it ended up having to be removed So it was just like kind of like having a surgery because he had to have the cone and everything. And so it was just, un, you know, when you like plan for your animal to go in and do something like that, it was just completely like we were completely blindsided by like having to do that. And like there are so many, like I've already been to the vet four or five times this week. So just a lot. But I still have good spirits about the new year and I'm ready to go into this next week and kind of. Just let's start over. This will be the first week of the new year, you know. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. That. What about you, Hal? How's 2023 <laughs> um, treating you? Yeah, the first part of the week started like pretty well. I mean,
0: it was definitely very busy at work right now myself. So definitely yeah. stress stress work. All of that, I I completely relate with. But other than that, um, you know, wasn't going too badly. Um, but then at the end of this week. I ran out of my medication, one of my medications and, you know, as we talk about in this episode with medication, definitely something that, you know, I don't want to be on for the rest of my life, but you yeah. know, I'm like using at the moment to help balance myself and, sure. uh, yeah, going unexpectedly off of it, not fun. Uh, just not fun
1: for it's a it's that unexpected like aspect I feel we both had this week of and it just it throws such a wrench in your life Mm -hmm. no matter what it is yeah I was
0: just like not processing emotions but also like Mm -hmm. my thoughts were like racing and uh depressed feeling and just so much that was like going on because of not having that medication so finally got it filled all better now (laughs) (laughs) all better now Feeling like a functional human again yeah um so thankfully for that but this weekend after post-medication um you know has been very nice brandon has just been like you know like he today he's like let's go to home goods and let's look around so you know little things like that that i just like make me happy yeah Uh, so yeah that was how my week was Not, not not the worst but not the best and how do you feel going into this new week uh, you know, ready for, you know, ready for the new energy. Also, you know, last week was my period week too. So always just like oh, stuff. So it was like that whole nother wrench. So, you know, feeling refreshed now that I'm off of that too. And yeah, just feeling, feeling ready for the new week. Definitely. Awesome. Thanks. I love it. But with that, let's not hold back the interview any longer. Let's hop on in and we'll see you guys on the other side. All right, I'm so excited to bring you guys back another amazing listener, and today we have Udo Erasmus, so thank you so much for being on, and to start us off, just can you tell us who you are and how you show up in this world?
3: Well, uh, yeah, who do, who I am, I, I'm i still trying to find out, you know, we're all works in progress, and, uh, and how I show up in the world, like this, <laughs> right? I, I, try, I work hard to, to be fully present in the space my body occupies and to be present in my surroundings and to not be in my head, because when you get in your head, you go blind and you go deaf. And then you don't notice what's going on and then you can't respond very well. So how do you live out of your head in your space? So that's how I show up. I've, the only goal I've ever really had is to want to be a fully present human being. And that's for me, is, is purpose one. You know, we, we got this gift. You know, this is, this is like dust, handful of dust, three buckets of water, a bag full of gas. That's what this is made from. And dust, water and air get to have the human experience. So that and that experience is an amazing experience. You can feel and you can dance and you can sing and you can think and you know, so many talents, right? Mm -hmm. That that dust by itself and water by itself and air by itself don't have. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. So this is the gift. You got the gift. What is purpose one to be fully present and fully enjoy all of that gift? That's purpose one. And that sounds selfish to some people. But actually, it's a gift you were given Mm -hmm. that nobody else can enjoy for you. So if you're not enjoying it, it's a wasted gift. And then purpose two is when you're fully present in your own space, you feel so cared for and so loved and so content that there's nothing left to do in the world except help where you can, in whatever way you can, in whatever needs to be done. And maybe you could even push it a little and say, hey, how can I make the biggest splash for good that is possible for me to make in the time that I have here?
0: What a way to open this podcast. I love that. I know,
3: that was beautiful. I was like, all All right, right.
0: before getting this deep on the first question, I only can imagine what's (laughs) the Yeah,
3: We will all become invisible. (laughs) we'll vaporize
0: (laughs) oh my goodness I love it I love it so to get kind of back in your story I'd love to hear your backstory uh, you know however however it started and how you grew to where you are today just however much you want to dive into segments of your backstory okay
3: you got 80 years (laughs) that's how long it took I I turned 80 in May that's awesome So I was born in 1942 in part of Poland, which was then part of Germany. My parents were from Latvia and Estonia, and uh, you probably don't know this because you're youngsters, but Hitler and Stalin made a non-aggression pact. They decided, okay, we're not going to fight each other Mm because they were both big, right? Mm -hmm. And when you're big and you have a fight, it's a bigger mess, right? So they said no aggression and for signing the pact. Latvia went to the Soviet Union and part of Poland went to Germany. What's interesting is that there was nobody from Latvia or Poland at the meeting. They just took it because they were big and they could Mm -hmm. And so my parents loved the Russians because they're very emotional people. They're feeling people. They have a lot of heart. And they hated communism because communism took everything away from everybody. And they called it communism, but it was actually a state dictatorship. And so Latvia went to to Soviet Union. My dad had German Swedish background. And Germany took over part of Poland. So he went to Germany. And in those days, Hitler looked pretty good because he was organizing country. Mm -hmm. And, you know, after the depression, there was a lot of problems and he mobilized German people inspired them to do what needed to be done.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: You don't hear that much about that part of Hitler at the beginning. And that's why they liked him, right? Mm-hmm. And that's why they got bamboozled when he said, okay, anything that's ever belonged to Germany is going to belong to Germany again. Oh, here we go. War, war happening. But at that time, so he was, he got a farm in Poland and the guy who owned the farm had the farm taken away from him by Germany and gave it to my dad. And so the owner of the farm became my father's farmhand. Can you imagine? That's interesting. And it was intense. Yeah. So mm -hmm. my finally, my dad said to him, "Look, I don't like all of this craziness going on any more than you do. Mm -hmm. Let's run the farm the best way that a farm can be run. Mm -hmm. And then when all of this stuff settles out, then we'll figure it out." And so they actually became friends. And then when the when the communists came into poland we became refugees my father by that time was in a prisoner of war camp he was a he was a uh, an interpreter because he spoke five languages so he was in a prisoner of war camp <clears throat> my mother left the farm in horse drawn hay wagons that's what everybody was doing
2: mm-hmm.
3: getting the hell out of there And on dirt roads with no military presence, the communists were chasing us in tanks and trucks and the allies, the good guys, you know, the good guys, the allies, you know, Mm -hmm. us, the good guys, Mm -hmm. they were using the refugees as target practice, Mm -hmm. shooting us from planes. And so my mother left the roads. It was in winter. It was crazy, but it was safer to go through the fields than to stay on the road, but she had six kids with her. There were dead horses and people in the ditches. She had six kids with her that were six years and younger, going across the fields with nothing except whatever she had, a pack sack or something. She couldn't handle six kids, so she had to leave four of us behind. And then she went through the fields and eventually made it out, and her sister found out that we had been left behind, and she came and got us out, and we eventually got Reunited with the family. Can you imagine a mother having to make the decision to leave two of her children behind? No. To save the other two. No. And not crazy. knowing if she was ever going to see them again. Can no, you imagine as it, a mother?
0: I know. I was. am <laughs> like, oh my god! I could never. Like, I don't. I could never.
3: But in those situations, yeah. you're forced. Yeah. You're forced yeah. To you have to, have to do, do something. That. Yeah. This is not exactly a motherly impulse to leave yeah. their kids behind, right? right. Well, Definitely. I was two and a half years old. Wow. I don't remember a lot. But other than I never felt safe. Everything changed. There was loud noise, you know, explosions and stuff. Mm-hmm. Didn't feel safe. I remember feeling hungry. Uh, never could figure out what I could rely on. And so I became very shy inward. You know, I read a lot of books because books are safe. You know, we had real bullets flying. You can read about a war, but there are no book. When you read about it, there's no no bullets flying. Right. So I found safety in books, and I read a lot of books because I was, I guess, I was a pretty smart kid, and I was interested in everything. And uh, and when I was six years old, we were in Germany, and I listened to adults argue. It always made me feel really uneasy because the intensity of the tone uh-huh. was like there was triggered the same fear that I had as a kid in the war.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And one day it occurred to me, man, there must be a way that people can live in harmony. And this little cocky voice, and I'm going to find out how. And that became my driver for my life. I'm going to find out how people can live in harmony. And I have Doing actually that. done that. And that was my driver. So I got into science to figure out how things work. Mm-hmm. Because when you, when you don't know what you can count on, Sure. Then if you understand how something works, it gives you some predictability and that gives you some control.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: That's what science does, right? Mm-hmm. Then I got into psychology because I wanted to understand how thinking works. If you want to make create harmony in the world, you probably need to know how thinking works. Yeah. Right? Then I got into um, uh, medicine for a year because I wanted to know how health works. And if they call it health So I figured in medicine, you learn about how health works. Well, it's only about disease management. They don't teach mm-hmm. you about health.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And I was shocked. I actually talked with the dean. I said, what is health? He says, we don't know. We're working on it. That's probably the most disappointing answer I have ever heard in my life. And so I left at the end of the year, I left, went back into biochemistry and genetics. Because in biology, you are actually studying health.
2: Mm-hmm. Although mm-hmm. nobody
3: tells you that. Because you're studying the normal functioning of normal creatures in normal environments,
2: mm-hmm.
3: right? Instead of you're not studying f- sick creatures
2: mm-hmm.
3: living out of line with nature in really weird situations. Mm-hmm. That's, what, that's what medicine is focused on. Yeah, so I went into bio- biological sciences and uh, ended up in genetics and then left university because there was still something missing that I was looking for. And so then I started finding that it was the sixties, 1968, I left university. So that was the the hippie era, the psychedelic area. So Hmm. I asked somebody, what is it like to take LSD? Because I was in science and the people in arts were doing LSD. And the guy looked at me, he says, if you haven't taken LSD, I cannot explain it to you. And if you have taken LSD. I don't need to explain it to you <laughs> and I, and so I so eventually I I did and I thought that was the most incredibly clear and clean answer anybody could give you you can't know what you don't know you know I could not take explain to you the taste of an apple if you had never tasted an apple
2: sure mm-hmm.
3: right so so then I did that and then I got burned out kind of because I did quite a, quite a few of the psychedelics and had some incredible experience. They, my first LSD experience sort of blew the door off my very constricted world that I lived in. Mm-hmm. It was like, I was laughing and crying. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. The, the joke was everything I've been so studiously looking for in my education was all already inside of me. Holy smoke! It was like (laughs) I can't believe it, and I was (laughs) laughing, and and the tears were running down my cheeks, rolling on the floor, Mm -hmm. laughing to Mozart because we put on Mozart while I was, and and uh, you know, and and then I realized, oh my God, there's a thousand different ways I could live, and then it was a question of it took me about probably fifteen years to figure out how I wanted to live. Mm -hmm. So that's a you know, and then I got burned out on it a little bit. And I had some very powerful experiences. One of them was a like a religious experience mm-hmm. where the a being made of light came, this was not drug induced. This was like, after I was treated very badly by a Christian group, mm-hmm. it's a whole, that, that, that would be a whole other, other, <laughs>
2: <laughs> <Hold> on, <sorry.
3: laughs> yeah, for another time. And, uh, so, and I was really desperate and I really wanted to know, what was the the central message of the masters? Mm-hmm. So this being of light appeared in the middle of the night. I woke bolt upright. And no words. This was not a conversation, mm-hmm. just an appearance. And this being embodied a message. But it didn't tell me the message. I came up with the words for the message. Mm-hmm. And the message was, I am come not to judge but to love i am come not to judge but to love
0: that's amazing
3: and my all of my confusion despair evaporated i have never ever had any doubt about what was the message of the masters because that was the message of the masters in one way or another they all taught that message
2: mm-hmm.
3: but that's not only the message of the masters to humanity It's also the message of your life to your body. Because your life is the master within you. Now, how do you know that? You can't know that as a head trip. You have to do some kind of a stillness practice Mm -hmm. to get in touch with the energy that is your life. That is solar energy, but that is also the master within you omnipresent, omnipotent, and omniscient in your body. And, uh, and so then and then that became a memory. And I said, man, there must be a way that I can stay in this experience Mm -hmm. on a day to day basis, because I want to live in this experience. And that led me to someone who showed me a way to do a stillness practice called self knowledge. And you literally have to take time and you get quiet and you know, the way I do it, I say, say, okay, you know, sit down, close your eyes. Don't do this if you're driving, right? <laughs> close your eyes and see how still you can become. And see how deeply you can go into that stillness. And see how long you can stay there. And while you're doing that, breathe lightly and slowly. And then notice what is in the space that your body occupies. You might see something, you might hear something, you might feel something, you might even taste something. And just notice. And then the deeper you go, the more peace you find. And the deeper you go, the more you feel unconditionally loved and empowered by the flow of the fraction of solar energy that is your life when it is flowing through your body. And uh, so that's a, you know, and then, so then I got married. We had three kids, marriage broke up. I was furious. I wanted to kill something. So I took a job as a pesticide sprayer, (laughs) totally, (laughs) totally careless,
0: natural next thing.
3: And uh, karma, you know, what you put out comes back to you, right? Mm-hmm. Three years of being careless, I got poisoned by pesticides.
1: Oh, my goodness. Oh, no.
3: And at that point, I went to the doctor and said, what do you have for pesticide poisoning? She said, nothing. Nice, clear answer. I yeah. love clear answers. Yeah. <laughs> <All> right. <laughs> and so I said, okay, well, uh, I'm not ready just to roll over and die. So <laughs> – I'm going to use my background in science, in biochemistry and genetics to try and figure out what I need to do. Number one, you stop spraying pesticides and being careless, Mm -hmm. obviously, right? But also your body's made out of food, water and air. So if something goes wrong in your body, then if you raise your standard of intake of food, water and air. then Within one year, 98% of the atoms in your body will have been removed and replaced. And you will have rebuilt your body to a higher standard wow. 98%. That's why healing is possible because the body is a construction site. It's always turning over. That's why you have to eat, right? Because if, if your body wasn't always turning over, once you were fully grown, you wouldn't have to eat anymore.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: But you have to keep eating because your body keeps turning over. So healing is possible because your body turns over. So you raise the standard and life builds you a better body because life can only, like life does everything in your body. It's Mm -hmm. the benevolent dictator in your body, the master in your body, weighs nothing, runs everything. And you're responsible only for one thing, to make sure you bring in and optimize the essential building blocks, that life needs for body construction, and you want to bring them in in optimum amounts, and you want to make sure you don't eat poison.
1: Definitely,
0: right? that's
3: all you're. That's <laughs> all you're responsible for. Once you swallow it, it just does. Life does what life can do with it,
2: mm-hmm.
3: right? And then how? And and what does that? What should that look like? Well, the mandate in nature for creatures that eat is fresh, whole, raw organic and for human beings, probably mostly plant-based. There's lots of good research now that says, generally speaking, you do better if you eat more vegetables and less animal-based products. Mm-hmm. That's also good for the environment, but that's a whole other story again. Right? <laughs> so that's, that's a, that's the backstory. Oh yeah. No. So then what I got stuck on fats because I read a study you know, research study
2: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
3: in the Medline and the big database, they had 16 million studies in the database. I didn't read them all. (laughs) But (laughs) I read I read some of the important ones. So there's one study that says omega six is an essential nutrient, Mm -hmm. which means you have to have it to live and be healthy. You can't make it from anything else in your body. Therefore, you have to get it from outside. It is so important that if you don't get enough, you cannot stay healthy. Your health will deteriorate. You will get deficiency symptoms. They get worse with time. And if you don't get enough of any essential nutrient long enough, you die. These are the vital, necessary building blocks. So this study says, oh, yeah. And if you bring it back in in adequate quantities before you die, then all of your symptoms of not getting enough are reversed. Because life knows what to do if you you make sure you bring in the building blocks, right? Mm-hmm. There's 42 of those, 18 minerals, 13 vitamins, 9 essential amino acids that come from proteins, and 2 essential fatty acids that come from oils. So I read the study says omega-6 is the essential. You have to have it to live and be healthy. And the next study I read it says omega-6 gives you cancer and kills you. And I'm going, what, <laughs> you, know, what? It, you have to have it. So you eat it and then you get cancer and it kills you. Yeah. It's like, uh, you- what's wrong with this picture? <laughs> and it was that contradiction. It drove me nuts. Yeah. That got me to look deeper into how oils are made. And it turns out that oils are the most sensitive of all of our essential nutrients. They're damaged by light, by oxygen and by heat they need the most care. And as you know, we give them the least care, Mm -hmm. we throw them in frying pans, where light oxygen heat damages them all at the same time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what I realized is that both in the way oils are made, we do damage to them, the industry does damage to them. And then we put them in the frying pan and damage them even more. Mm -hmm. And so, There's the resolution. Omega-6 is essential and kills you. But if you damage it by processing and by food preparation, Mm -hmm. sorry, omega-6 is essential for health. But if you damage it by frying and industry damages it by the way they make them, Mm -hmm. then it can give you cancer and kills you. And most people blame oils, blame omega-6s. A lot of people these days are saying, don't do omega-6s. They're bad for you. Mm No, they're essential, but don't damage them. Mm -hmm. So you need to get them in an undamaged way. And when I realized that, I said, you know what? I can't get healthy on oils that are damaged the way they are. Because in a tablespoon of an oil, the way industry makes them, you get a tablespoon, you get 60 quintillion damaged molecules. 60 quintillion, you don't even know how big the number that is. No, it's a, no, it's a no. six, fo- I'll tell you, it's a six followed by 19 zeros.
2: Wow.
1: jeez.
3: So you got a, a thousand, a million, a billion, a trillion, quadrillion, quintillion, 60 quintillion. That's more than a million damaged molecules for every one of your body's 60 trillion cells. That's in one oh. tablespoon. Most people use two to four tablespoons. Mm-hmm. Then you throw them in the frying pan. You've got to multiply that by three to six more. Then you do that for 30 years, so you have to multiply that by about 10,000 because that's the number of days in 30 years. Mm
2: -hmm.
3: And then you at the end of that, you get cancer and you say, I don't know. I don't know why I got cancer. I always ate good because you didn't know how much damage was done and how much damage you were doing to the most sensitive of your essential nutrients. And so I said, I can't get healthy on oils like this. We should make them with health in mind. Yeah. And so. Again, there's lots of backstories on that one, too, right? And so I developed a method for making oils with health in mind. The year after I got poisoned and I was already had my head into this,
2: Mm
3: -hmm. it was established that omega-3s are also essential. Flax is the richest source of omega-3s that's easily available to us. So I said, oh, my God, if we could make flax oil with health in mind and bring it back to the people, Mm 99% 99% of which don't get enough of it for optimum health. Mm-hmm. Oh my, oh my God, we could help almost everybody. And it was like, oh my God, I just found a purpose. This is worth doing. Oh my God, I oh my God. Oh my, I mean, and that enthusiasm. enthusiasm is what created that industry. I had no business background. Mm-hmm. I had a good, good science background but I had no business background and we were making decisions about standards and procedures and and methods and 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 uh, you know manufacturing methods right and left and I was just like as like it was like a king of a, of a thing you know it's a vision and in that vision to to get a vision is always something that's a little bit further along than you are
2: Mm-hmm.
3: So then you have to set standards and you have to make decisions and you have to keep whenever you screw it up, you've got to learn something, but you never give up on the vision until you get there. Yeah, And that's basically what built that. So there's, you know, then I got into uh, digestion, which is the second most neglected, which is uh, digestive enzymes, probiotics, fiber, bitters, those mm-hmm. are the four main areas. Then I got into greens because we're all supposed to eat our greens and most people don't. So I made them convenient for traveling and stuff. And then I started saying, well, what else needs to be done? Mm-hmm. I was always try to address what's not being addressed because it's mm-hmm. always the most fun. And then it was like, well, actually, everything affects health. And so I got into te- um, turning... Total health into a teachable field based in nature and human nature, and to turn human nature into a teachable field. And that's what I'm working on now. So there's your whole (laughs) story.
0: I love that. That's amazing. And I have maybe a maybe a stupid question. Maybe I need to be enlightened. Well, don't don't call
3: yourself stupid before you call before you ask the question. (laughs) <laughs> there are there are no stupid questions.
0: I I, I took it back. Maybe a silly question, because I don't I don't know. So hearing everything about the oil, mm-hmm. where how do people like what type of sources can people get to get healthy oil? You know, like where can people start getting these healthy oils so it's yeah. not damaging our bodies?
3: Well, they should be in glass because plastic leaches into oil and you don't want plastic in your oil. They should be from organically grown seeds because oils that are not from organically grown seeds have pesticides in them. You don't want those in your oil. They should be protected from light, oxygen, and heat. So they have to be nitrogen flushed. The industry does that for all oils, but they shouldn't be in transparent bottles. So it should go in dark bottles. We actually put a box around the, the bottle. And then you'll find them, if they're omega-3 and omega-6 rich, which are the two essential nutrients you need from oils, Mm -hmm. everything else you don't need because your body can make everything else, they should be refrigerated. Because the colder the temperature, the longer the capability. Omega-3s and 6s need to be treated like perishable produce Mm
2: -hmm.
3: because they're perishable. Sure. and so you if if you want to find that you have to go and look for a brown glass bottle in a box in the fridge in the supplement section in the health food stores okay and uh you'll see a label on it. it's called udo's oil and that's a that's a blend of oils that i developed because i became omega-6 deficient on flaxseed oil Okay, because flaxseed oil is very rich in Mm omega-3, but doesn't have enough omega-6. So you have to balance those two properly. And so we when when I became omega-6 deficient, I got dry eyes, skipped heartbeats, arthritis like pain in my finger joints and thin papery skin, classic Mm -hmm. omega-6 deficiency symptoms. Mm -hmm. And I fixed it by eating sunflower seeds, which have a lot of omega-6, but no omega-3 in them. So I brought the balance back and I said, okay, let's make a blend. Where people can't get sick on something we're trying to make to help them be healthy, and then out of that came came the blend, uh, and we did that because it's hard if you try to figure it out yourself. How do you mix and match the seeds and nuts and the oils that you eat? Mm-hmm. You know, you have to know a lot about how much oil is in the seed and what is the fatty acid profile, and then you have to mix and match it. how much of each do you need? You know, then so we did that for people just to make it easy because it is complicated. Okay. So does that answer your question? Yeah. Uh, yes, it's not a, yeah. And, and just let me uh, tell you that it is not a stupid question. It is actually the important practical question.
0: Yeah. I, I, like, I never knew these things ask. about, like, about. Yeah, yeah. I never knew yeah,
3: <laughs> You don't know until you know, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And one thing that you didn't touch on as much when you're explaining mm-hmm. your life story. you yeah. Mm -hmm. um is is how you got into talking on and sharing more on the mental health side and i know team Mm -hmm. actually put together and um is sharing with our listeners an ebook and a mini course giveaway Mm -hmm. that we're going to be doing for total mental health right i'd love to hear a little bit about not only that in general as well but just how you got into that conversation on mental health because that's such a huge thing that mary and i i love you know focus on because we both have dealt with mental health issues over the years.
3: (laughs) Yeah, haven't we all? Aren't we all dealing (laughs) with mental health all the time? Definitely. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I took a a major in psychology at university because I wanted to know how thinking works, so I Mm -hmm. talked about that. Mm -hmm. But eventually I went on and got a master's degree in counseling psychology. Okay. And, you know, I'm not that impressed with what psychology is doing. And let me tell you why, because if you look at human nature, and you look at your own mental issues
2: mm-hmm.
3: okay so we might as well go there and me look at my mental issues they're always thought-based and there's something in you when you're focusing on the thoughts that give you anxiety or that give you depression mm-hmm. you know depression is usually anger turned inward
2: mm-hmm. and
3: uh You know, you don't have the, you feel like you don't have the courage to address something that needs to be addressed, then you turn it in on yourself and your mind is going crazy, but you look lethargic on the outside, Mm -hmm. right? In anxiety, it's a, it's a bad habit of asking what if questions with negative outcomes,
2: Mm -hmm.
3: and I used to be afraid of flying. I flew all the time and I was afraid of flying. And my thing is that when I got on the plane, it's what if we crash? And somebody says to me, well, you know, your chance of crashing are, of, in, on a flight are less than your chance of having a, a car accident. Mm-hmm. And my answer would be, well, it doesn't feel like that to me. But what I was doing, it, I could have, I could have said, what if we land safely? Cause that's the usual, right? Right. Yeah. What if we said, laugh, say, mm-hmm. oh, great. We're going to land safely. Yay. You okay. know, I could have been totally happy. Yeah. But instead I was saying, what if we crash, Mm -hmm. Uh, what if we crash? Right. Mm -hmm. And it's a, and what it was for me, it was a lack of discipline in my thinking. So I'm using my mind, which is supposed to help me, uh, process things and come to conclusions for actions that deal with situations. Mm -hmm. I was using it to freak myself. Right. Mm
2: -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm.
3: What if we crash yeah yeah what if the sky falls you know chicken little right <laughs> what if what if the sky is falling right now silly right so but when you're not but when you don't realize that you're actually doing it to yourself
2: mm-hmm.
3: then it seems like oh my god this is a huge problem
2: mm-hmm. but
3: the other thing is and the, one of the reasons why i have this background is see if you look on this side where all the books are, it's just like a clutter. There's a lot of stuff there, right? Mm
2: -hmm.
3: And you look on the other side and it's pretty simple, Mm -hmm. right? So I like putting myself in between those two, because within me, there's the mental clutter and books are mental, right? It's all you're reading Mm -hmm. words, thought, 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 right? Mm -hmm. On one side is a clutter and within me, right next to the clutter, is a complete, wordless, content, cared for, feeling. And I'm literally living with both of those Mm -hmm. in my being. Now we're trained to get into our head. We're not trained to get into our peace. We're not trained to get into our unconditional love. Mm
2: -hmm.
3: So we're good at mentating, Overthinking. Mm-hmm. We're not very good at going to peace, going to contentment, going to inspired purpose, because we don't practice it very much. Yeah. And so what I say to people is, okay, you got this stuff. I get. I get it. I. I have it too. You have a choice. Give your what ifs some entertainment,
2: mm-hmm. right?
3: Because in a way, it's entertainment, right? Yeah.
2: Freak mm-hmm. myself
3: out. Oh my God. Oh my God. Right? So give that some give that some time if you if you want to. Try to make it practical. Mm-hmm. But then also be fair to yourself and give your contentment some time as well. And then start choosing between which one do you want. Because you're not a victim. You mm-hmm. have the peace inside you. The peace is not out there. The peace is in here. The yeah. love is not out there. The love is in here. sometimes there's love out there and sometimes there's peace out there but you can't depend on it because you don't control the environment right but in here there is a contentment that is beyond any that contentment is always content no matter what's going on in your head no matter what's going on in your environment no matter what else is going on in your body and you know we tend to live out into the world
2: Mm -hmm.
3: we have some homework to do that's bring our awareness bring our focus inward into the space that our body occupies. And in that space you can find a peace and a contentment and an inspiration that are just part of your nature that are never affected by the dramas and the traumas. So we have it within us. And that's what, uh, that's what the, the, the short course is on. We, it was an interviews, interviews with uh, some people about mental health. So in, in a sense, you are already mentally healthy. Mm-hmm. You're just not looking into that place when you mm-hmm. think that you mm-hmm. have mental, mental problems. Right. right And it's literally it literally depends only on a shift of where you put your focus.
0: So fascinating. How
3: cool is that? It's like, it's how cool is that? It's that easy.
0: Yeah.
3: Now, sometimes when you go to the psychiatrist or the, the, the or the head doctors or the shrinks, like they shrink your head, right? That's, what they, <laughs> that's how that, how that came up. They shrink your head. They will give you drugs, but they won't take you to your peace.
2: Sure.
3: Right. Somebody makes money on those drugs and they're basically, um, managing symptoms, even they give you drugs and they say, because the chemistry in your brain changed brain changed, that's what the company that sells the drug says, there's virtually no evidence that depression comes from a chemical change in your brain. But it does come from thoughts in your brain.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: In, in a way in the way that you look at things, and you want control out there where you don't have control, but well, that's not going to work. Mm-hmm. And if you insist, I want to have control over what's going on. Well, then you're going to be angry, or you're going to be sad, or you're going to be, you bummed out, or you're going to be, you know, you're going to have emotions about it. Right. But what if you, what what if you feel so cared for and so content that it's okay if everything out there changes? Because everything out there is always changing.
2: Yeah.
3: You live in a world where on the outside everything's changing.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, your environment changes, your social group changes, your emotions change. Your thoughts change and your body changes. But the peace in you never changes. The unconditional love in you never changes. The inspired creativity never changes. And the big picture, whatever you call that, the field or God or the infinite uh, awareness, mm-hmm. never changes. So you live, you live, and, and peace is everywhere, both inside you and outside of you. Mm-hmm. But only peace knows that. So if you don't see peace everywhere, it's because you're not letting peace do the looking. And how do you get to the peace? Again, you always gotta go into the place within you where that peace is in your nature. That's different.
1: So yeah, you're like blowing my mind.
3: <laughs>
1: huh? I that you're blowing my mind.
3: Oh that's yes, that's good. I, I, I specialize in blowing people's minds. <laughs> <laughs> I've always wanted to blow people's minds. <laughs> yeah, but as long as the blowing your mind leads you closer to your heart, yeah,
0: definitely, and it's amazing. It's so interesting, and I would love to hear in terms of you're talking about practices, you know, to feel peace, we don't do enough of them. What are some of the practices that, you know, whether you currently are practicing them or ones along your your path? You know, what what type of practices can people start to tap into?
3: Okay, it's always a matter of getting out of your thoughts out of your head and Mm -hmm. getting into your body. Mm -hmm. So some people call that somatic somatic exercises. Mm-hmm. So you could just do start by sitting, you're sitting on a chair. So feel what it feels like your bum on the chair.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: There are no thoughts there. It's just a feeling, right? Or your feet are on the floor. Mine are hooked behind the, the legs on my chair here. You don't know that, but I'm telling you, right? Mm-hmm. So feel what it feels like to have your your feet hooked around the legs on your chair or your soles on the, on the carpet Mm
2: -hmm.
3: or pinch yourself, right? When you pinch yourself, you know, you don't, don't wreck yourself, just pinch yourself. You feel a little bit of pain. Mm
2: -hmm.
3: It pulls your awareness because you're trying to just move your focus,
2: Mm
3: -hmm. right? So you just moved your focus to where you're pinching your skin. There are no thoughts there either, Mm -hmm. the only place in your whole being where there are thoughts in the cortex of your brain. How about this? Every yoga practice and every meditation practice that I've ever heard of has as one of its methods, follow your breathing. Mm
2: -hmm.
3: And if you breathe lightly and slowly. but you stay with it. So you go through, it comes in and then it stops and then it goes out and then it stops and then it reverses. You breathe in and it stops and it reverses, you breathe out and it stops. And you just keep doing that. And you can regulate how fast you breathe. Mm -hmm. So breathe lightly and slowly. And you do that for about three breaths and you're in complete peace and you're completely out of your head. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, and you could literally invent your own method, Mm -hmm. but if you want somebody to show you step by, cause I got to a point where I was trying to do it on my own Mm -hmm. and I didn't really know, I didn't have any background in, in, in any practices. Sure. So I, and I tried to, I was trying to find the peace because I'm a war baby. So peace was always a big deal for me and I didn't find it. And the more I was looking for it, the crazier I got, because I was trying to do it all with my head Mm -hmm. and peace Mm -hmm. is not a head. Peace is not a head trip, but I didn't know that, right. You know, because we said peace is the absence of war. Mm -hmm. No, that's not peace. That's a ceasefire. Yeah. And and people after the ceasefire often hate each other as much or more than they did before the war started. Okay. So don't look for peace in in that way, right? Mm -hmm. So it has to be a feeling. It has to be felt. It has to be experienced, Mm -hmm. right? So I got to a point where I said, I need to fight. Yeah. I I said, I know there's a perfection within me. And I kind of tapped my chest where the the heartache lives, Mm
2: -hmm.
3: right? When you're disconnected from yourself, that's a whole Mm -hmm. other story we're gonna get to, obviously. Mm And I was tapped it like that. and I said, I know there's a perfection within me. I know that I'm not connected to it. I've been trying to figure it out on my own. I have not been able to do that. I need to find someone to show me a step. Mm-hmm. And the next day I met that person. I was ready. I was clear yeah. about what my need was. I had tried to do it myself. I always recommend try to do it yourself. Mm-hmm. See how far you get if you don't then just like everything else you know look if you wanna if you want to learn a language and you can't do it on your own go to talk go and talk to somebody who who speaks the language
2: right
3: right mm-hmm. if you want to you learn a skill if you want to learn how to chop down a tree it's so a guy it's a guy thing right
2: <laughs> and,
3: <laughs> and you don't know how to do that, then go to someone who who is experienced in it right. Well, why wouldn't you do that when it comes to the experience of the peace within you? And so I, so my question was, I need to find somebody to show me a step. And I met him. He was 14 years old at the time I was 30. Yeah. So it was already a problem, you know, what's what's a 14 year old going to teach me? I've been around arrogance. So he, I went and listened to him. He said, the peace you search for in the world is within you. And I can show you how to get there. And I, I thought to myself, eh, I don't know, <laughs> you know. But then it was like, okay, but I am interested in peace, okay. so just on the off chance he can show me, I don't want to miss it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if he can't show me, I'll just keep looking. Right, right. So it was Definitely. like very iffy, very skeptical. This is not <laughs> blind faith or anything, right? Mm-hmm. And then he showed me a method, and I thought the method was too simple, because I, I thought, well, look at we. We, uh, you know, we finally made it to the moon. It was really complicated.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Well, we haven't made it to peace yet. So peace must be more complicated than going to the moon. Mm-hmm. Turns out that's completely not true, but that's the way I thought about it. Sure. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, well, and then he said, okay, I before I show you the techniques of self-knowledge, I want you to promise me that you will give it. A fair chance. And he didn't say what a fair chance was. Mm-hmm. So I decided, okay, I'll try it for six months. And if I notice a difference, I'll keep doing it. And if I don't notice a difference, I'll just keep looking.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: So that everything very iffy. So I was shown the method, and something really interesting happened. I was living with a woman. I don't live with her anymore, but <laughs> I was living with a woman where every morning. I'd get out of bed, she'd be in the kitchen, and I would just walk in and I'd just say one sentence, and she would immediately take the opposite view, and we would get into these horrendous arguments. And I wanted her, because I was pretty insecure in those days, I wanted her to agree with me.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And that was important to me. And it really irritated me that she would never agree with me. <laughs> <laughs> And so I would get really frustrated and we were living in a cabin in Colorado at ninety one hundred feet. And it was the place was should have been heaven on earth. Mm-hmm. It was and it was hell. <laughs> but the hell was was me. Yeah, it wasn't coming the hell wasn't coming from the environment. Right. It was coming from my attitude. And so I would stomp out of the cabin and go sit in the woods on a, on a log or something. And it would do this practice for five or 10 minutes. Now he suggested an hour. I couldn't sit still that long Mm -hmm. five five (laughs) or 10 minutes. Right. Sure. And after five or 10 minutes, I'd look, look at what we argued about. And I said, we argued about that. That's so trivial. That's like my German guys that were arguing about stupid things. Mm -hmm. Like shit." I'm just doing the same thing myself. And so, I I would do this five to 10 minutes and I learned gradually that if I did the practice before the argument, I wouldn't rise to the bait or I wouldn't get into the argument. Mm -hmm. And by the time six months were up, I said, wow, it works and I've been doing it for 50 years now.
0: Amazing. That's crazy. a a wise 14 year old.
3: (laughs) You can find them if you, if you want, if you want to. if you want to listen to him, he's sixty five now. All right. He was fourteen then, he's sixty-five <laughs> now. Uh, you can find him at timelesstoday.com. All right, we'll link it below.
1: Timeless. Yeah,
0: timeless
3: today. below. Uh it's a timeless timeless today. Timeless today. Isn't that cool? Timeless today.
1: Yeah. That's amazing that he's still doing it too.
3: Yeah. And he's practice. Always kept it simple. One hundred percent commit committed. No weird stuff and uh if you if you go to go to timeless today look for peak p e a k peace education and knowledge it does a lot of work in in uh prisons and transforms those people mm-hmm. because they're in there because there's things they never learned sure you know maybe they grew up in violence and guns and and drugs and all of that kind of stuff. Never heard that that kind of a message, that there's something so beautiful in human beings. Mm-hmm. And they hear the message and they change. Even some of them lifers, lifers in prison, they're never gonna get out, but they actually get to enjoy the beauty of the gift of life, yeah. even in there. And sometimes those people are more receptive to the message than the people who think they have a lot of money and they got it real good. although those people are just as addicted sometimes and and every human being has a need for peace that's why our hearts ache because heartache is a heart calling our focus to come back home inside to reconnect to life heartache we didn't have it in the womb you know mm-hmm in the womb I call it the Buddha tank because in the womb there's nothing to do nowhere to go everything's taken care of pretty safe
0: yeah you just be
3: and you have no words and you have no culture and you have no religion and you don't know who your mother is and you don't know anything about the world and your focus is at rest, because there's no place for it to go, is at rest, inside, in its source, in your body, in life and in awareness. And so you're hanging out, little Buddha, a little smile every once in a while. (laughs) You're not not creating the body, the body's being created, Mm -hmm. right? You're not responsible. So you don't even know you have a body because you're in a little water tank and you know there's not you you're not bumping into anything to figure out where your dimensions are right, right.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: so there you are so you're in deep meditation for 9 months if you're a full term baby
2: mm-hmm.
3: and then you come out everything changes now you got to cry for your breast milk and you got to cry for your diaper change and you got to cry when you're cold you know and then you got to you got to get to know the environment cuz now you have to survive in an environment that is sometimes friendly and sometimes not so friendly mhm Right. And mother, of course, helps you w- with safety f- as much as you can. But it's traumatic because you bump into things and then you hurt yourself uh-huh. and then you cry. and so. But in the process of getting to know the world in which you will have to survive, your focus goes from inside present, outside absent, it's out through your senses mm-hmm. to become outside present, inside absent. And that disconnection from self is where heartache begins. Heartache is not about trauma. Trauma is a trigger. Trigger The trigger is not the cause. The cause is a normal, natural, necessary process of externalizing our awareness to get to know the world we have to live in. And heartache is the call to come home. It's the greatest gift. You know, the pain you feel in your chest. Mm-hmm greatest gift you've been given other than being alive. Because if it wasn't for that pain that pulls you back to yourself, Mm
2: -hmm.
3: you would never find your way back home. It's like hunger for food and thirst for water and the need to breathe for air The thirst of the heart is for fulfillment because you are fulfilled and you are whole there's nothing missing in you except your awareness drifted away from the wholeness from the master from the beauty from the magnificence that you experience when you bring it back home.
0: I just, I don't, I don't even have words. I know. (laughs) Like I'm processing everything and I'm like, wow. Yeah. uh Uh-huh. I don't even know how to like follow my own thoughts. (laughs) Yeah.
3: Now now this is the message that I I want. I I want to bring to 8 billion people.
2: Yeah. Because there's
3: not a single person on this planet who doesn't have that in them. Mm Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what their culture or their religion or their race or their gender or their ages. That is human nature. Yeah, the divine in human nature, if you want to get do the religious, right? Something divine in every human being. Mostly we live out of touch with it. The world will change. Once we reconnect to that in us, because when I'm in peace, I see peace everywhere. Sure. and i live into a peaceful world and that's very different than when i'm angry and i see enemies everywhere
2: mm-hmm.
3: or when i'm fearful and i see danger everywhere
2: mm-hmm.
3: because if i see danger everywhere even if it's not there but i've i i i see it because i feel it because i disconnect discontent well then i'm going to live into the world as though it was dangerous even when there's no danger And then I'll create problems out of that attitude.
2: Mm
3: -hmm. Right? So what if, what if we all just discovered that awesome magnificence? Mm
2: -hmm.
3: And that brought that to expression, you know, when I feel cared for, there's nothing left to do, Mm -hmm. except to help. How cool is that? We have that unconditional love that we're trying to get from the outside. We already have it within us. Yeah. You know, it's not about getting love. It's about giving love,
2: That's
3: being love and, and giving love.
0: Definitely. I love it. I feel like we did not cover half the topics that we kind of wanted to, but. That's why we said before we started recording, we'll have you back to get, it. (laughs) but to kind of start to wrap us up, one of the Mm -hmm. questions I like to ask every guest we have on the podcast is today, what is something you are incredibly grateful for?
3: Oh, God, don't get me started. (laughs) Is there anything not to be grateful for? No, I could tell you this. Look, when when I was in the war, it was intense. Mm hmm and i wouldn't say that i liked it obviously it didn't because i it freaked me out big time i look at that war now and say what a gift what a gift why not because it was comfortable but Mm -hmm. because it rubbed my nose in what happens when you don't cultivate peace during peacetime because after the first world war if the europeans had said okay we want to have peace and they had cultivated the peace by connecting to it there wouldn't have been a second world war and the same way you see the world drifting in the direction of war and and major major catastrophes
2: mm-hmm.
3: why because we're not we're 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 always saying i don't have enough i need more got to get more i'll do whatever it takes to get more because we're missing that all we need to do is come home to the more that we're missing because we're not paying attention. Sure. Right. So I can say, okay, the war is a gift. My pesticide poisoning led to a lot of people getting benefits from good oils.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: That's a gift. Mm-hmm. So everything nasty that's ever happened in my life is a gift, and everything that's not nasty in my life is a gift. Yeah. That's why I say, don't get me started. <laughs> I, I went out Definitely. for the rain. I I went out in the rain. Went and got my my matcha turmeric latte made with almond unsweetened almond milk you know it's like oh my god you know i get to walk in the rain the air is fresh it's clean right and i go by people i say hey i think it's going (laughs) to (laughs) rain sometimes they laugh and sometimes they don't hear me because they're plugged into something in their ears right Uh (laughs) but you know and then we you know we can have this conversation how, how incredible is that? Yeah. And look That's at right. this technology that we have that makes it possible You're in Chicago and I'm in Vancouver. Yeah. Right. And then I have lamps that do the lighting. So I keep my, my, uh, blinds drawn. So I have the blinds and I, the, here's the light and I have the lamps and, you know, <laughs> you know, somebody made the shirt that I'm wearing, you know, you start looking at it, you know, I like all of this stuff, the technology, yeah. you know, nature. I got a big tree outside of my window. There's a little body of water that I live next to. You know, you just start looking around what is there that you can't be what is there not to be grateful for. Mhm. And sometimes and sometimes the things we're least grateful for become the things we could be most grateful for because pain yep. becomes learning becomes learning and wisdom. Mhm. Right? And if there wasn't pain in life, then we would probably not pay attention. Yeah. So trauma is a gift. So, you know, heartache is a gift, right? So what am I grateful for? Don't get me started. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, love it. I love it. One of the
1: best answers I've heard. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And then one of my questions that I like to ask all of our guests yeah. is um, what piece of content are you consuming right now or have you consumed recently that you feel like everybody should kind of dive into
3: okay i have a um a, a mute uh, sorry i saw the list music there's a soprano from norway whose name is Sissel s-i-s-s-e-l okay she has the most incredible not pushed mm-hmm. not pulled natural voice mm-hmm. and i love her singing I love her singing so when I feel like yeah you know, I just and you know she's on YouTube Okay, system and she does it's incredible uh that's that's an example in terms of my content for reading I like to read both extremes so you know in America, you guys are pretty polarized. We are in Canada too. It's not like polarization is, a, is an American invention or anything, <laughs> right? So you have the Republicans. If you take them to an extreme, they would all be little dictators. That's probably not a good idea to, to run a country that way.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: And then you go on the other side and you have the Democrats and at the extreme of that they want to give a responsibility without freedom so on one side they want freedom without responsibility and on the other side they want responsibility without freedom so i read both sides right because yep. i want to understand like what it is what is this polarization right. and then what i do is i i just walk down the middle because the truth is if if i'm aware of the divine within me. And let's just call it the Christ child, but it could also be called the Buddha child or the Krishna child or whatever, but Mm -hmm. it's also called life. Mm -hmm. So if that is within me, it's also in Donald Trump. And it's also in Joe Biden.
1: Right? Mm -hmm. Definitely.
3: And if I want to, if I want to create peace in this crazy polarization, I need to talk to that in Trump. And I need to talk to that in Joe,
2: mm-hmm.
3: and I need to not take sides. Or if I'm going to take sides, I like to say sometimes, in the argument between the conservatives and the and the liberals, I like to take the side of life, because they're both that. alive, yeah. right? Yeah, definitely. And so, um, so I like to read both sides.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, they're both biased in different yeah. ways. Sure. And then, but it's helpful because there's also some useful information on both sides.
2: Mm-hmm, definitely. Right.
3: And it gets you thinking if you, if you got the polarization and then you say, well, is it the Republican or is it the Democrat? It's actually neither. It's the human yeah. that, that you want to find in that. So I do that a lot and I'm very broad in, I mean, I, I read psychology and I, uh, I, I mean, I do everything. anything that has to do with life, nature, human nature, environment, peace, and love. is stuff I'm interested in, but you also sometimes have to know the background,
2: Mm
3: -hmm. right? Mm
1: -hmm. Definitely.
3: Yeah. You have to know the background and you have to know what's going on, but I don't, you know, if I took sides, I would create mental illness in myself.
2: Because I'm taking
3: one one mental view, and then I'm fighting against another mental view.
2: Mm
3: -hmm. Right, or I take the other view, and then I'm fighting that. Mm -hmm. So I want to I want to keep both of them. I want to understand it. And I want to find use it, maybe even the scary part, use it Mm -hmm. to drive me deeper into the appreciation of what we all have in common. Because frankly, the thoughts are different. We all, need the ba- we all go to the bathroom. We all worry about our children. We all wonder about food. We all worry about things getting worse. You mm-hmm. know, both sides, all sides. Yeah, everybody, right? Because we're human beings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what does it take to become fo- f- more fully present as a hum- be- human being in your space and then letting that come to expression in the way you live your life?
0: beautiful way to end the podcast (laughs) yeah it's like we began it (laughs) so my last question where can our listeners find you where can they hear more read more etc
3: if you go to to uh the internet and you punch in udo udo you'll find me really fast because it's not even a four-letter word (laughs) and there's very few udos around that's fair. So I have a I have a website called Udos Choice U D O S Choice. That's where I talk about the products, what we did, and how we made them, and all of that. And um, I have a Udo Erasmus, or the Udo T H E U D O, and that's where I talk about some of the other stuff about nature and human nature. Lots of lots of stuff in progress. I have a YouTube channel, and I'm on Facebook. And I'm on Instagram and, uh, what else, what else am I on? Um, Oh yeah, Udo Erasmus podcasts or podcasts slash Udo Erasmus. You can find some of the podcasts that I've done on, uh, on Google. So I'm not hard to find. (laughs)
0: we'll have everything we can find linked below so it's very easy for everyone to find yeah thank you so much for your time thank you for being here and just sharing a little bit of knowledge yes thank you
3: thank you for letting me go on of course (laughs) no it's been very insightful definitely
0: thank you so much oh my goodness well so like we i mean like we said in the beginning it's just there were literal moments where we were just didn't know what to say when he got yeah. speaking i just, i didn't i was like processing and still trying to process i feel like and mary i think her dogs are barking <laughs> but with that being said while her dogs are barking um i just feel like this is an episode and i know we say this all the time in so many episodes that we're going to go back and we listen to when we relearn so many different things along the way but i yeah. feel like this is one that there was so much that I didn't even know how to process after he said it, that I have to go back because I have to actually learn. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, no, okay. absolutely. Sink in and now I have to listen even deeper.
1: Yeah. I also think that it's, uh, so he's 80 years old. I don't know if he said that before we were recording or while yeah, we were on, definitely. but um, he's 80 years old and it's just amazing to hear like how he, like he started from when he was, you know, two years old born mm-hmm. and, uh, everything that he's gone through and everything that has gotten him to this point. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's amazing that he's still continuing to share his journey and like how he got there, because maybe it's not going to take us till we're 80, you know, to find that peace and to, you know, understand how to work through our mental challenges and things like that. Definitely. So I just think that it's amazing that he's still doing that and still trying to help people.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think it's amazing too that. I mean, just the message that he brings of just like finding that inner peace and, and finding that, mm-hmm. that love and, share, and then sharing that out because we're finding within, like, obviously that's something I resonate with so much. And, you know, it, it's so easy to say that, you know, you can find it and I'll, I'm mean, no work on this, but it, it's so much harder to actually start doing that work. And this is to someone who has done that work and has, you know, is doing that work. It's never something that stops. Um, yeah. But, you know, to see someone who has progressed through so much in his life, I mean, starting in times of, like, Hitler, you know, like, that's
1: crazy. That's crazy, you
0: know? yeah. Just to have such a progression in, in, in someone's life, I guess, is what I'm trying yeah.
1: to say. <laughs> And just to have, like, that outlook of wanting to help people still after all of that, too. Definitely, definitely. And so oh. I can't wait for you guys
0: to check out more. I know he, I was looking through his um, Instagram, I know, a lot recently, and he has done tons of videos on there. So if you yeah. just want like listen and, you know, we just kind of like observe me conscious of, of things. He's just a lot of, a lot of knowledge nuggets.
1: <laughs> yeah. And the oil, I mean, the oil thing blew my mind because oh, yeah, you're too. like, no, idea. I had no idea. And so I definitely think I had looked it up, um, his blend of the different oils and everything. I think it's like $20. And so I honestly think I'm going to get it and try it out. And then maybe I can report back onto the pod. I'd love to hear that, please. Yeah. Because he was talking about like arthritis and things like that that can cause it. And like as everybody knows about my journey, I've had really bad like chronic pain and arthritis. So yeah. I was like that like my ears perked up when he said that. Definitely. Definitely.
0: And I know it's at like Whole Foods and things like that too. Yeah. Yeah. But we'll have it linked below, obviously, just like all his other stuff. But um with that, Mary, what is one thing you're grateful for today?
1: Yeah, I feel like to follow Udo just everything I mean there's so many things that I think I think they were so good at saying what's bad in our lives and like what are the issues in our lives but as he said there's so many bad things that have happened in my life that have led me to better things and where I am now so just grateful for any of those things that have gotten me to hear because yeah. you got to go through the hard to get to this so Love
0: it. what about you Hal's yeah. I'm going to stay on a similar theme. And it's funny because I did my weekly journaling earlier today. And uh, one of my things for this week that I want to focus on is just finding the more positivity in the little day-to-day things. And so having this interview, I feel like it was just so fitting to really kind of remind me of that, even though I just yeah. a few hours ago, as I'm now getting into the evening of my, you know, my Sunday before my week, this is just another like reminder of, of finding that, you know, finding that peace, finding that, that within and, um, finding that stillness to, to process. And yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm taking away. That's what I'm grateful for. (laughs) I love it. But with that, we will see you guys back here next week. And um, the, oh, the last thing I almost forgot the giveaway we mentioned in the episode, we will have an Instagram post about that. So check out Instagram for more details on that. And now we'll be back next week. (laughs) (laughs) And so with
2: that, we hope you have a beautiful week. Bye.